This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to the first episode of Get Paid for Your Pad in 2020, episode number 310. First of all, happy new year to everybody and lots of luck in the short-term rental business in 2020. And today I have Rebecca on the podcast again, just like we did the last episode of 2019, because we had so many things left to discuss after our first interview. So I'm super excited to have back on the show, Rebecca, the founder of Madman Vacation Rentals. Rebecca, how are you doing? Hi, Jasper. I am doing so good. I'm actually here at my Mad Men beach house for one night. We had a one night vacancy. And so when that happens, sometimes my husband and I will just come up because I don't usually rent out two nights, you know, just one nights. I usually have a two night minimum. So I'm really enjoying the views from our deck and uh, relaxing at the beach right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm in back in Barcelona after a week of skiing in the French Alps. So it's back to normal, back to reality, back to work, which is also very exciting. We have a lot of plans for 2020, myself and Eric, who I've been working with uh, last year with uh, SCR Legends, SCR Profit Academy. So uh, we've got a lot in store for this year and uh, I'm sure you have a lot of goals and plans for 2020 as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, that's what you do. I guess when you're in this business in the beginning of the year, you just start thinking, all right, what are my, my new goals for the next year? I'm trying to kick everything up a notch and take everything to the next level. So we're definitely doing that here with Mad Men Vacation Rentals. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for the people that haven't listened to the last episode, could you kind of give the elevator pitch of what you're doing exactly with your properties? Yeah, so we started a vacation rental business, and I was literally a, two years ago, January 2018, we bought our first vacation home in Ocean City, Maryland. We renovated the whole house, top to bottom. It was really outdated. We updated it, made it look really amazing and fabulous, and went live in March of 2018, and wasn't really thinking it was going to be a business. We just thought it would maybe help cover our mortgage a little bit, and maybe in a few years, we could get to the place where we could cover all of our costs, but then it turned out to be something that I was just extremely passionate about and loved doing, and our house became very popular in Ocean City, and we did well, so we decided to start looking for another property that took us to uh, eventually Disney World, and we got our second property and renovated that in 2019 went live with that and that's been doing well. So then we decided to go for our third property in Deep Creek Lake, Maryland, and we bought land. We're in the process of building a home there that will go live in 2020, hopefully. And so now we just have a a full-on vacation rental business, which is really awesome. So I run it from home. I am a mom of two, uh, I have twin three-year-olds and, um, you know, this is my gig and I love it. 
That's awesome. And in the first episode that we uh, recorded a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about how you were able to create a great image of yourself as a host through your listings, how you're able to get incredible reviews and really high ratings, um, how you themed your units to stand out from the competition, how you manage them. And But in this episode, what I really want to talk about is the investing side, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening and who are inspired by your story and are thinking, damn, I would love to invest in a vacation rental as well. And so what I want to talk about is how do you go about buying a property to rent out as a short-term rental? Now, how do you choose the location, for example? Let's start with that. You got one in, on the beach in Maryland, you got one near Disney World, and now you got one in the mountains, correct? Mm-hmm. Like how do, you, how do you choose those locations? Oh, well, I think we got lucky, to be honest, for the first time around, because when we were looking at Ocean City, Maryland, I was, um, I literally was just on a run on my summer vacation and was running around and saw this adorable neighborhood that I'd never really noticed before, even though I've been going to Ocean City my entire life and was like, wow, this is such a cute little spot. I wonder what the houses go for here. Then I went on Zillow and I saw this house. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, investing. Um, I saw that this house had been on the market for like nine months and it had just been sitting there and it was in the middle. At that point, it was like the fall, almost the fall time. And we're about to go into another low season and, you know, basically buying homes. You know, the winter is when people don't really buy homes that much. So I was thinking maybe these people would actually go for a, a lower price than what's even said on there. And they had already lowered their price a lot. And I saw that it was on the bay side. So Ocean City has a bay side and an ocean side. So I saw that it was on the bay side, but it was as close to the beach as you can possibly be on the bay side. So a lot of times the bay side houses you have to get in your car and drive to the beach because it's kind of a, a good walk. So this house, I just saw it was so close to the beach you could walk to. It, it was still on the bay. So it was a waterfront property and it had been on the market for a long time and it was outdated enough to where the price was still low. It wasn't like completely updated and, you know, it came quote fully furnished, but all the furnishings were, you know, horrendous. So I just talked it over with my husband. I said, should we go for this? And again, it was kind of like, one of those things where we didn't think that it would be something we thought we'd have to pay out of pocket a lot for, but I also work as a part-time nurse. So I had the option, okay, well maybe I'll pick up some more shifts and we'll just cover our costs that way. It would be worth it for us to have a vacation home in Ocean City to enjoy as a family, enjoy with friends and family. And I'll just pick up some more shifts and, and be able to cover the extra mortgage if we can't cover all of our costs by renting it out. And so the way we actually had a little bit of money to put down for the house was because we did something called house hacking in our primary residence, where when we bought our our house, we created a little basement apartment and um, started renting that out right off the bat just uh, to help cover the cost of some of our renovations that we did in our primary house. And so that helped us kind of create a little nest egg, I guess, to put down for our, our beach house. Right. So you started in an area that you were very familiar with. Did you do any research in order to understand like how much you'd be able to make uh, renting it out on Airbnb? Did you look at AirDNA, for example, or did you look at similar listings in a neighborhood? Yeah, I did. I, um, I looked at similar listings in the neighborhood. I talked to my realtor. So this is a vacation rental, like 
you know, resort town. So there are a lot of people live here locally now, but a lot of people just come here for vacations and getaways. And so the realtors down here know their stuff. You know, they know what neighborhoods can, you know, bring in what amount of money and things like that. So I asked my realtor about, you know, what our income would be expected in our neighborhood for our number of rooms and, you know, amenities and um, location, as well as, you know, I did my own research. I did look at AirDNA and I also just went on Airbnb and I just put in a bunch of dates and I tried to find out what people were asking. And I was looking to see, you know, vacancy, you know, when I went to those different listings to see how much they were getting booked and, and how far out they were getting booked and what seasons they were getting booked and things like that. So I did my own research in that way, which I think is really important. And I also talked to other, I had a lot of friends because this is like a popular vacation spot in my local area. I had a lot of people I knew that have vacation homes out here that had tried doing it. And you know, everyone basically told me, don't do it. We didn't make any money. So it was, uh, it was a big risk for us. But I just thought, you know, at the end of my life, am I going to regret not trying going for something and doing something really cool that I would really enjoy? You know, maybe we would lose a little bit of money. But in the end, I'm kind of someone that's more, you know, a little bit more of a risk taker. And I wanted to at least try it and, you know, kind of weigh the cost of what we might lose if we didn't do well with it. And for me, it was still worth it to at least say I tried. And it turned out that the amount that the local realtor told me, the amount that I saw on Airbnb, the amount, you know, that other people told me that they did in the area, basically, I mean, not to brag or anything, but we've done way better than what they told us we would be able to do. And, you know, I think that goes into the way we renovated the house, the way we updated all the furniture and the furnishings, um, the amenities that we added to the house, as well as like what we talked about last week, just having a very intense, intense isn't the right word, but just having a, a really good customer service and, you know, making sure our guests feel really welcome and feeling at home there. So. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you want to know why you were getting such good results, then I'd say listen, listen to uh, episode 309 or just take a look at the listings that you have on Airbnb and you'll quickly see just by looking at the photos and the captions and the descriptions, you'll, uh, you'll probably understand why you're doing so well. So I'm curious, you had an expectation what you were going to make based on what you heard from the realtors and what you heard from other people that were doing vacation rentals in your area. And mm -hmm. by the way, I love that you didn't get discouraged by other people telling you not to do it. And I love how, what you're saying about, you know, it's better to regret something that you've tried mm -hmm. than to regret something that you didn't try. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think that's a, that's a great uh, mentality to have, but I'm curious to know how did the results compare to what you were expecting and, and are you able to cover your complete entire mortgage and the expenses as well come along with the, with the hosting? Yeah, well, basically what we were told from the realtor is that we would be able to in high season, which is like mid-June to, you know, end of August, we would be able to get between 15 and 1800 a week for, you know, at that point you usually only do weekly rentals. And the way I broke it down is if I can, you know, rent out all of that in in high season and then have a few you know, rent out a certain amount during off season, 
other people said we might, you might get like a few weekends in April and May, and you might get a few weekends in September. And that's basically all you'll get. We have been able to over double what was expected in high season. What I did is basically, I knew what we had put into our house. I knew how awesome it was and how much different it was from everything else in Ocean City. You know, we have a really cool like swing chair on the back deck. I knew that we were on the bay, but walking distance to the beach. We put kayaks. We offer kayaks, which is something you don't see often in Ocean City. So people can go kayaking. We also have like a pool and tennis courts that our community offers. So we just had so much more than anything else in Ocean City. So I just thought, let's just, you know, kind of double things and see where I, if I start getting bookings for that price. And um, I started getting bookings. It just became such high demand. And um, on top of that, I started getting a lot of off-season bookings. So one of the things I did that was kind of vital to our success was I decided to become dog-friendly. And that really helped us because off season in Ocean City is kind of dog season because you can't take your dog onto the beach in high season in Ocean City. You can't take your dog on the boardwalk, which we have a really, really popular boardwalk. But in low season, you know, basically everything else besides like June through like September, you can take your dog to the beach, you can take your dog to boardwalk. So when I became dog friendly, I mean, and because that's also a rare thing, not many people are dog friendly. Like I just got so many bookings for people coming in the off season, bringing their dog as well as high season. So, um, yeah, that's, did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, that's, all really awesome. What, what you're, uh, what you're saying, but just out of curiosity, like I, I understand that you're making a lot more than you were could have expected based on what other people were kind of telling you. Right. Um, and so are you, are you able to cover like the, the mortgage and the expenses with, with all that? Yeah. So we also decided when we decided to do the investment, just because I'm kind of, I don't know if crazy is the right word, but I just, sometimes I like to see what I can do and challenge myself. We decided to go for a 15 year mortgage versus a 30 year mortgage, which also makes your mortgage a lot higher. But I just wanted to see, let's just see if we can cover our mortgage, if we can do a 15 year, because then we'll have the house paid off sooner and then we can make a lot more profit in the long run, which we have, like I said, twin three-year-olds. So at that time, it would really be right about the time they'd be going to college. So I was thinking this would be kind of like their college fund and the house would be paid off right when they turn 18 or so. And again, if we had to pay out of pocket, we would do so. so even with a 15-year mortgage, we're able to cover all of our costs, uh, our mortgage, paying all the cleaning and, you know, the updates and things like that. So we were able to save up money again to put down a payment for our Disney house. So we were able to save up for a down payment again. So we were able to cover our costs for sure. That's awesome. So not only are you covering a mortgage that's substantially higher than you would normally get because if you're if your mortgage is 15 year, then it's the, the payments must be more than double what it is for a 30 year, right? So if you're covering oh that God. and expenses and you're, you're able to uh, still save up for, for the next time, then you're doing incredibly well. That's awesome. Congratulations on all that success. Um, so how about the property that you bought near Disney? Because I understand like most people, when they look for an investment in the short term rental space, you know, they look close to home, which makes a lot of sense because you know the market, it's easier to manage. 
and you have more uh, connections. So if you need people to help you out, it's easier to find them, et cetera. But Florida is a, is a fairly long way from Maryland. So mm -hmm. why did you choose Florida and, and Disneyland, especially because it's a very competitive market out there? Yeah, well, I just thought, again, maybe um, I'm a little bit, like I'm a risk taker, I'm a little crazy sometimes, but I thought, because we did so well in Ocean City, and I thought I can recreate what we did here, you know, pretty much, I thought I could do it pretty much anywhere. If I can do it in Ocean City, I can do it anywhere, because the truth is, in the vacation rental market right now, if you, there are those houses that have been really nicely updated, that are modern, and really done well, but there are kind of fewer and far between. A lot of vacation rentals are still extremely outdated and um, they don't have a unique style and a unique theme to them. So they're just not as popular, I guess you could say. And so because I kind of knew why I think this house did well, I wanted to see if I could do it somewhere else. Initially, I was thinking about trying to stay in Ocean City, but we couldn't find, I thought one of the th reasons why our house was successful was because we were on the water and I couldn't find another property on the water that we could afford at that time. The house prices kind of went up a little bit. Um, so we were basically down in Disney World, taking our kids to Disney for the first time. And we all got, the stomach bug in a vacation rental. <laughs> and basically it kind of slowed us down. And I started thinking, wow, I'm like staying in a vacation rental. This is a vacation rental Mecca of the world. Let's just see what the houses are go for down here. And the house prices in Florida are a lot more affordable than what they are in Maryland and stuff. And so I was kind of in shell shock of that. And I didn't think through things as much down there as I did in Ocean City but I saw this very outdated house um, in this awesome resort community and just thought I could, you know, again, it's one of those things, you know, why not try it and see what happens? If I can get it for under market value, which is what I always try and do. So for the beach house, we got a way under market value. I did a low ball offer and they accepted our offer, which is also, you know, it was on the market for a long time. This house in Disney also was on the market. It was on and off the market for years. So I knew that, there was a good chance they would take a lower offer. So I try to do that with all of my vacation rentals. I try to get under market value. So if for whatever reason it doesn't go well and I put the renovation into it, then at least I can flip it and make at least break even, if not make a little bit of a profit within a year or two. So that's kind of another way I think about it just as kind of a backup plan. So that's what I, I decided to do with this one. They did take a lower offer and we did a big renovation. And, um, you know, I figured if I was to not be successful down here, then I could resell it and at least break even, lose just a little bit of money or maybe even make a slight profit. And I wouldn't be out, you know, too bad. And, you know, again, it's something I, I thought the, the risk was worth it to see if I could do it down there because it would be really cool to have a house down in Florida. and. Uh, I had a dream of having something a little more south so that I could escape some of the cold winters up here. And we love Disney as a family. And again, I just was thinking, trying to reach all the different vacationers in my local area, like in where I am in Maryland, we're a suburb of Washington, D.C. and Baltimore and Philly, Pittsburgh even. And 
those people in that area, I mean, of course, there's the people that do exotic, you know, Fiji and uh, Europe vacations. But for the most part, people will go to Ocean City, Maryland, they'll go to Deep Creek Lake, Maryland, um, and they'll go to Disney World. And so those are kind of the regular vacations that these people in my area go to. And so I thought, if I can kind of reach every single one, people that go to Disney, people that go to the ocean, people that go to the mountains, then I'd be really targeting everyone in my area. And there's so there's no reason anyone in my area should not be going to one of my vacation rentals. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Did you get the similar success on the Disney property as on the, the beach house? Yeah. So the Disney property, we did have a lot more renovation costs than we did in Ocean City. And again, I did the 15-year mortgage again, which was kind of crazy. Our mortgage is, is pretty high. So that house will be we'll able to see the entire year in, we went live in April. So at this point, we are looking at making a good profit. And it's not going to be, well, we'll see. It could be the same amount of profit. Like when we talk about like return on investment, which is like a term in, um, you know, in the real estate investing world, there's, you know, between a, a 10 and 20% return on investment in our Ocean City house. And Disney, it's about a you know 10 to 15% uh, return on investment. So a lot of that, you know, when it comes to real estate investing in general, the one way to kind of help save your money from Uncle Sam in a way is to reinvest it, which is one of the reasons why I decided to try and go for another one right away and doing the renovations and things like that. A lot of people, you know, are stingy on wanting to do renovations and things, but in a way, you know, instead of giving your money and taxes, if you reinvest it, then that's money that, you know, you're not going to be taxed on in a way. So I've used a lot of the money that I've gotten to reinvest into either the properties I have, or, you know, like, again, we saved money for the Deep Creek property. So basically reinvesting the money we have into the properties, updating them to make them, you know, worth more, um, make them a better asset, more valuable asset, as well as, you know, saving for potentially more properties to reinvest in so that instead of, you know, I mean, not that you, of course, you want to, you know, pay taxes and do the right thing as a, you know, in your, whatever area you're in, your country, your county, or your whatever, but still, if you reinvest the money into your own business, then, then that's a way to kind of shelter some of your money. So that's good. Hi, this is Margot, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully.com. You may know about us for our digital guidebooks, but did you know that we also provide property management software? If you have more than 10 properties, you might be a perfect fit. We help you automate tasks, keep track of all your property details, communicate with your guests with a unified inbox, and increase your distribution across booking platforms, including Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com. Please take a minute to see how we might be able to help you at hostfully.com. One more question that I wanted to ask you is what about the, the furniture? Did the houses come with furniture? Did you buy any extra furniture and, and how did you find it? Yeah, well, all of my houses so far came fully furnished. That's lots of air quotes right there because they were just very, very outdated furniture. So decided I, I love like Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. Like I just go on there for fun sometimes just to see like what people are selling and giving away and stuff. So I decided because we had such a tight budget, I, I was looking at 
those places want to sell the furniture that we have in the house. So I listed everything in the house. This is both for the Ocean City house and the Disney house. Listed everything, including like the appliances, because we wanted to update all the appliances. The appliances were kind of outdated, although they still worked. So, um, you know, I, I listed everything and I was able to actually pay for a lot of our furniture through just selling the old furniture, which is really cool. But then I also bought almost everything on Craigslist and Marketplace, really nice pieces, expensive pieces, but some of them needed to be painted or to be refinished, just needed a little sprucing up. So that was something that I, I enjoy doing. I, I kind of got a little practice with our primary residents. We kind of had like a fun little weekend as a family where we learned how to like distress furniture and refinish furniture. And so I did that for our house. So I knew how to do that. And I, you know, I enjoy that. And I also just like taking, you know, kind of distressed pieces and like remaking them into something beautiful and really cool and unique. So that was something that I did. So I, I bought a lot of the furniture on Craigslist Marketplace. Uh, some of it was free. People were just giving away and I, I refinished them all. A lot of them are authentic mid-century modern pieces. So, you know, the Mad Men is because I was watching right when I was, you know, in the process of this buying our first house, I just finished watching the whole series of Mad Men, which is a mid-century modern depicted uh, series that I really loved. I loved the furniture and the aesthetics and all that and just thought it would be a, for a lot of people down in Ocean City have like the shabby chic cottage kind of theme, which I thought I was a little tired of. I, and I hadn't seen a lot of just like mid-century modern themes. So I, that's why I decided to do the Mad Men Beach House. And so that's why I, um, I themed it that way. And yeah, so that's how I did it and was able to pretty much, I mean, I, of course I bought some things brand new, but a lot of it, I was able to do it that way to, to really help on the cheap. And so when you have time on your hands, you can do that. If you don't have time on your hands, you can't. So, you know, I had a few months, you know, going into buying these houses, like months out, even right when I closed on the house, even before I closed, I started collecting pieces that I thought would look nice and be cool for the house. So we had to drive back and forth to Florida like four times with a load of stuff that we had started collecting. And I had started um, like redoing the furniture and stuff in, in our house so that we could save some money on buying brand new stuff, you know, so. So one last question before I let you go. I know you use a strategy to kind of get some more bookings in the in the off season where you basically you list the same property twice um, but one listing has the full three bedrooms and then one listing has only the one bedroom with a significantly lower cleaning fee could you explain okay. a little bit more about this strategy yeah so i actually found out about this strategy through um I was in line in Disney World for the Frozen ride and was talking about our vacation rentals to one of the women I, I met in the line and she was a realtor. She was telling me they do this over in California a lot. And I was like, I should try this, you know, and see what happens. So in, for instance, in Ocean City, it's a three bedroom, two full bath house. But in the off season, we primarily get just couples coming or solo travelers coming, people on business, people just wanting a little retreat. And they don't need all the house, they don't need the entire house, but yet we have a cleaning fee that covers the entire house. And so what happens, I was, you know, thinking what one of the things that happens is when you go and look for a house, even though we are on the first page on, on Ocean City, if you look for a one bedroom, 
you know, and you're only looking for one bed or whatever, you're, you know, we might not come up, you know, on the pages on Airbnb because we are a three bedroom and we can host, you know, eight or 10 people or whatever. So by creating another listing, I would be, you know, able to attract the smaller groups easier even, and um, especially if there's a budget in mind for people. And even though our off-season prices are really, really low, still, if I have a high cleaning fee, if someone's just coming for two nights and the cleaning fee is more expensive or just as much as the nightly rate, then sometimes that will, you know, might deter someone. So by making it just a one bedroom, one bath, and by doing that, at this point, we actually just have notes on the door saying, please, you know, this is a reminder not to go in these rooms if you want the lower cleaning fee. But in the Disney house, we actually have locks on the doors. We're eventually going to put locks on the doors because I literally just started doing this um, within the last month or two. And um, I've been able to get a few bookings to fill in the gaps, which has been really awesome and attract some of the smaller groups because they really only need the one bedroom and the one bath. In Disney, we right now we have our eight bedroom that we have is the full listing, but then we offer four bedrooms down there as well. And that cuts the cleaning fee almost in half. So again, I, I've gotten some, some people booking some of those gaps. So in December, for instance, we had like, you know, just two night vacancy for the entire month. And, you know, of course I'd like to have a full occupancy if possible. And so I got that, that gap filled in by that four bedroom listing, um, a smaller group, you know, smaller listing and they had a smaller cleaning fee. And so they booked and they, and we were able to have hundred percent occupancy in December because of that. That's incredible. That's awesome. That's a great strategy. I'd love to hear in the future, how, how that works out for, uh, for all your listings on a, on a longer term basis. Rebecca, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and congratulations on the success you've obviously been doing, doing a, a fantastic job. Is, uh, can you let the listeners know where they can find your listings? I'm sure a lot of people want to check them out and see how you've been able to do, do so well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jasper. It's been an honor to be on this podcast. It's been so much fun and I've learned so much from you and from all of your, your other guests. So it's, it's really cool to actually be on here and be able to share, you know, the things we've learned, but we have, uh, so we are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so I would love if your followers and your, you know, that your listeners wanted to follow us. So that kind of shares our, real um, vacation rental journey and uh, you know our business journey we have promotions and deals as well so that's if you look up Mad Men vacation rentals you can follow us and uh, you're welcome to send me a message I've gotten a lot of messages from some of your uh, listeners and I'm happy to connect and you know talk about you know anything that I discussed in your podcast or anything other any other questions there um, so I love for you guys to follow me there and the other places in my website so we have our website is um, com. so we also have our Airbnb listings that I don't even know how to tell you how to look those up but you can look yeah, at, I can I can I can help you with that okay cool so our website, you know, it has everything on there. It has our different, uh, the pictures of our, our two different houses and uh, information on us and, you know, different experiences that we've had. Vlog, we have a vlog area where I kind of share some of our experiences in the different uh, locations that we have our, our houses and stuff like that. So yeah, check out my website and um, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, so for the people that want to check out the actual Airbnb listings, uh, what you do is you simply simply just put in the the title of uh, Rebecca's home. So she has the Madman Magic Kingdom House and the Madman Beach House. And so if you put that in Google of Airbnb, then you'll uh, you'll find it. That's that's how I that's how I uh, located them myself when I was uh, awesome. checking out your listings before we started recording. So yeah, Rebecca, thank you so much, and all the Best luck and you know best uh, wishes for 2020. I'm sure you're going to be killing it. And uh, to the listeners, thanks for listening. And of course, uh, in 2020, there's going to be a, a new episode every first day for the I think the sixth is it the sixth or the seventh year I can't remember. But um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do a decade at some point. Uh, but thanks for listening, and until next week. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet, get paid for your pet.